You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Professor Trent Nichols, and the inimitable Robert Rickey in the studio with me today. No Brandon Atkins. And Diamond Dave, I think will be along shortly. Yeah. So if you're tuning in just to hear Dave Kaplan, um, keep hanging out. He'll, he'll make it in eventually. I need to uh, – I'm not going to give any background. I don't know if you guys saw this, so I want you to figure out what it is. Now, I'm going to go into character here, Ooh. and I'm going to do my best voice. And the voice this was meant to be read in Morgan was more, Dun- more Denzel and less Morgan Freeman. So here we go. When you were just a kid, in your room, dreaming from Palmdale, we were dreaming too. While you dreamt, we built, built for your arrival. And while we dreamt, you built too, becoming one of the world's greatest. Life's most powerful dreams are the ones we realize ourselves, the ones that turn us into legends, that kid from Palmdale always knew I messed it up. That kid from Palmdale always knew I it's badly written. I can't do it. I can't I can't work under these conditions. How are you gonna recruit Paul George when you can't read that? I know, right? Isn't that the lamest thing ever? It's Tell like me two that's PowerPoint not, slides. Is, that is the pitch that was leaked that they had prepared in L.A. to bring Paul George out there. And nobody seems to know where it came from, but the team that's been banged over the head twice for tampering in the last year leaked this with the instructions that it be read by a voice that was more Denzel Washington and less Morgan Freeman. Robert, you need to read it. You know, Magic said today if he missed out on the free agency period, or signing free agents, he'd resign. Based on that, Dude. step down. Yeah. <laughs> For real. <laughs> what are you doing, man? But what and, is this three-part special? Like, Paul George already knows where he's going. Right? Does he? He has this, they have like a documentary coming out on his decision. It's ridiculous. He, he, you know what, look. I would say he can't be LeBron James with his decision. But even LeBron James can't be that with his decision. Nobody wants to see that again. Right. Don't be so self-absorbed. And the NBA, I was thinking about this today. In years gone by, over the last four or five years, at this time of year, nobody cared about baseball. And all of our focus was on the impending football season. This is the second year in a row where we've been fixated on the NBA. 
Don't allow the nonsense to run people off. We're enjoying the ride. You know, up to this point, all the speculation about LeBron is fans. And the writers are kind of jumping on board with it. But if you go into the barbershop now, or you stop and talk to somebody in the supermarket, or you're on the phone with a you know somebody you only talk to once a month if you're a guy, that's what everybody wants to talk about. Where's LeBron going? Where's Kawhi going? I was walking by going on? a table today, and they're like, oh, is LeBron staying? You know, that's what they talk about. There's no they way. Wanted to, they wanted to talk to a real football. authority on – all things LeBron James. Oh, no, they weren't talking to me. No. They were talking to each other. I, did, I just walked on by. That's the question. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in school now, as some of y'all listening out there know. And the very first conversation I had at school with anybody was not, what kind of law are you going to practice? Where'd you go to undergrad? It was, where's LeBron going? What's going on? It's what we're talking about. Don't do three-part specials and try to manipulate the story. ESPN and the rest of you guys, leave it alone. Leave it alone. Don't do dumb things. First of all, it's just not that interesting. Paul George? It's not compelling. Exactly. No. If they want to do a three-part series on Kawhi or LeBron or a lot of other things. Paul George, I never wanted anything. Right. (laughs) And he's not the personality nor – that level of guy, player, that you would be interested in tuning in. Like like you say, even LeBron now, it's conversation, but nobody would have wanted to watch that again. No. Dude, Not they are making Paul George Hollywood. And as you just said, he doesn't have that. So they are desperately trying to make him Hollywood. If that's L.A.'s best effort. That is oof. ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah. That's cheesy. It's horrific. Horrible. I could have pitched something better than that. I think we should put ourselves together, form an LLC, and become an NBA pitch specialty company. <laughs> right. There's a little boutique well, market for that. We can do that. You know what? And it's not like it's hard in LA. You've got everything in LA. So you figure out what appeals to Paul George or whoever the free agent is, and you make it happen. That's not hard. That is a third-grade effort to try to win a pros contest. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out what poetic category it falls into. Is that haiku? (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know what the – I'm not an English major. I don't know what, what the deal is. But I would the, – the other thing is this is on a backdrop of palm trees. You got a lot of NBA championship trophies there. Yeah. You got images of Magic Johnson you could invoke. But instead they go what looks like an Eagles album cover because it looks <laughs> a lot like the Hotel California cover to me. Let me see that. That's the, is it, that's is the it Palmdale? Maybe and that's the, and Palmdale. The, and the text, it's – dude, Really? The text looks like something you would read at a funeral. It does, kind of. That looks like a card you'd find in a dollar store. <laughs> it does. And, and, and I'm not sure that it's not like a bereavement card. Oh. Yeah. Bad. That's Bad terrible. show, L.A. Bad show. Where now, legends are born. While we're talking about this whole L.A. situation, we had a segment. We have a segment, I suppose, that we've been doing called the Cleveland Landing Spot. 
And I have to revisit for a moment the first of the landing spots that we handicapped, right. and that was L.A. Is that correct? No, we did Houston. Houston. Oh, did we did Houston. Then L.A. We did L.A. last week. Yes, L.A. L.A., here's my thing. I'm looking at the situation. I am convinced at this point that the only thing I know about the Kawhi Leonard situation is that the Spurs are not going to deal him to L.A. Right. Mm-hmm. Not the Clippers, not the Lakers. I think they would just as soon let him sit out the year as succumb to his grievance and his wishes in this matter. That's how I'm looking at it. Well, I'm thinking that what you said on draft night might be more realistic. I think Philly is positioning himself I think, to make that deal. I think Philly, Not to interrupt or you change just did, you. Though. You just did. But my <laughs> point with the L.A. thing is that at this point, L.A. does not have the pieces. I think that Kawhi is a non-starter out there for at least one year. I think he's going to either have to play in San Antonio or play in the East for one year. There might be some teams in the West they would consider sending him to, but basically I don't think San Antonio is going to send him anywhere that he wants to go just to be spiteful. Right. So that said, if Kawhi is at least one year away from going to the Los Angeles Lakers, I don't think LeBron James wants to head out that way and be a placeholder waiting for him to arrive because this L.A. team is going to be horrible this year. Horrible. So, if we handicapped and said anything positive, or if I did, because I'm not going to take – I know Trent said they're the favorites. Is that what you said? Oh, yeah. You said 30%. They're That's what I say. And other reporters are saying 51% now. Well, I am going to say that he now, goes to L.A. You said not to make an absolute statement about this. I'm saying 0% chance that he goes to L.A. this wow. year. Wow. I think man. it's a lot more likely sure gone. that he signs a one-year deal – Somewhere, whether it be Cleveland, Philly, wherever the case might be, to hold out and kind of reevaluate the situation next year when Kawhi is available to go out there with him. Because I don't think the idea of Paul George, who really is the only big piece that's out there available that could be brought in, I don't think Paul George moves the needle. Boogie Cousins is the other piece of this because Boogie Cousins – is probably not going to be ready to start the year. Right. So if I'm LeBron and L.A. is my you know, possible end game, if Boogie Cousins wants to go out in L.A. and sign, cool. Go ahead and sign a five-year deal. I'll meet you out there next year. Me and Kawhi will be there. Come to your rescue. Let L.A. manipulate, try to clear more cap, bring in a couple more prospects, and we'll do this thing again next year. That's what I think is up. Now, I'm not going to project a landing spot right now because I don't know what you've got in store as far as where you want to talk about this time around, but I do think it's a whole lot more likely that LeBron signs a one- or two-year deal, probably a one-and-one, one-with-an-option year, any place else other than L.A. Why didn't he just opt in, stay in Cleveland for his last year and make $35 If he's going to stay in Cleveland, why would he have opted in? He can sign a bigger deal now. He's, he's got until Friday, Opt right? in, 35. Yeah, he has until hey, Friday. 35 million. He can opt out and then re-sign with Cleveland anyway. Yeah. If he opts in, that restricts things a little bit. But um, that's where I'm at with that. 
You guys I, watched the NBA Awards last night? No. Did, did anybody watch the NBA Awards last night? I am not. I don't watch awards shows. It's, Nor do I. I. I'll watch. I'll catch the recap on the news, but I do not sit and watch any award shows. Well, I'm disappointed I didn't watch the one thing that probably was the highlight, and that's Bill Russell flicking off Charles Barkley. If I could have seen that, that would have been worth it. Right. Other than that, I didn't care. Had I known that was going to happen, yeah, I would have bought Might've tickets and traveled because right? <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> And I hate that Bill Russell even like apologized halfway because uh, that's a great picture. Yeah. I love it. That was I that was brilliant. There are too many award shows now. It's it's. I think it's out of control. Like everybody's got their own version, and it's just too much. And it's way too long. And they try to make such a production out of. I mean, how how exciting can NBA awards be? We all know who was going to win everything, anyways. There's no about surprises. But there was, there, there were. That's the piece of it. I mean, Dwayne Casey, we already knew he'd been selected as coach of the year. James Harden, it really was a two horse race between he and LeBron, and I think everybody knew all along Harden was going to be the guy. I don't think. Now, I do have to give a shout out to my boy Brandon Atkins because he's very disappointed that Harden won the MVP. And wants to go on the record as saying that if you took LeBron and put him in Houston and Harden in Cleveland this year, Cleveland's probably a seven or eight seed and Houston might well win a championship. Right. And that may be a true that may be a true statement. There's you can talk it to death as to whether James Harden warranted the MVP. I personally think that the numbers he, Westbrook, and Harden put up were so similar that they're a wash. One of those teams won 65 games, and the other two didn't come close to that. I think Harden got his just due. Now, and I know that I threw Westbrook in there, and Westbrook was not one of the three finalists. Here's my – well, I'll ask my question on the other side. I want to know who your additional candidates would have been other than the three that the NBA said were finalists. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back. Headed into the break, I posed the question. The NBA had three finalists named for the MVP. LeBron, Harden, and Anthony Davis. If you were going to put three more people in that list of finalists for 2017-18, who are they? That right there is what you call dead air on the radio. (laughs) And I I told you what I was going to ask coming back in from the break. And and I thought about it, and I still don't don't think anybody – Can can I help you out? Let let me me start this. Okay. Since you guys just failed me miserably. Kevin Durant. I thought about that, but no. Really? 
at, with all that he did in Golden State without Thompson and without Curry for extended periods this year, I think Durant is a slam dunk if it's three more that we're at. Now, Westbrook got the MVP last year because he averaged a triple-double. He did it again this year right? and didn't make the final three. Well, you know, it's like he was a victim of his own success. It ain't no big deal anymore. We, we'd never seen that, and there was so much hype all the way into the last game of the season where he needed 16, 16 rebounds, rebounds or something like that, yeah. And he made it happen, and it was big deal and all of that. And so to come back and do it now is like, yeah, we've seen it. Well, the other thing, too, is I think that uh, two years ago when he did it, he was a one-man gang. Yeah. You know, people almost felt sorry for Russell Westbrook, if it's possible to feel sorry for a guy that dresses the way that he does. <laughs> um, But he was a one-man gang, yeah. and he was really had the team on his shoulders. So they go out and get Carmelo, they go get Paul George, and he does the same thing, and the team's no better than it was the year before. Right. Arguably worse than it was a year yeah. before. Speaking That's, of which. Got a lot to do with Melo. Man. He was awful. And this dude then opted in. For what, 28 million? $28 million. See, I think he might end up in L.A. with LeBron and Chris Paul. Why would why would either one of those guys want Melo to come be with He's them? on the downside. He's their best the friend. He's their best friend. He's part of the banana Jeez. boat. Yeah, but they're trying to win. Well, Dude. Oklahoma City, I guarantee you, is going to kick – they're going to kick out all the stops trying to get a buyout done with Carmelo. Yeah, they and don't then he'll it. go to they Lakers for win. nothing. Maybe not nothing. But I would I would suspect, if I had to guess, it's going to cost him ten to twelve million dollars to buy that contract out, which frees up about sixteen million dollars in space for him, um, and means that when Melo's doing the math, he needs to find about sixteen million to make up for that. That ain't nothing, even yeah. in the NBA where it's monopoly money. Right. That ain't nothing. If Oklahoma City could find anybody out there to give them a bag of basketballs for Carmelo Anthony. That trade would happen immediately. So I don't know what's going on. My third MVP? Yeah. DeRozan. That's an interesting that's an interesting one to throw out there. DeRozan. He was the leader hmm. on the best team in the East. Interesting. I would have leaned toward Giannis. That's okay. my guy. But I I see your DeRozan. I like that. Bricky, you may, you break the tie. Or throw another one out there. I've got nothing, but I would go with Giannis. All right, well, there you go. Giannis breaks the tie. So if we were going to do six, so we agree. an amazing year. We agree Durant, Uh, Westbrook, uh, and Giannis would be the the next three finalists if the NBA list was six. DeRozan, a close seven. I I can dig that. I can dig that. I don't think – the one that I might knock off there would be Durant just because he's playing on such a loaded team. Right. But, man, that's taken away from what that guy is. He is the best offensive player in the NBA, period. And when you say that, you really have to take a look at the leaps and bounds he's improved his defense by in the last couple of years. He's He's a complete complete player. player. Mm -hmm. And he was healthy all year this year. Golden State – You don't generally find a guy of his offensive caliber who's – as good defensively, you know, usually a short a shortfall on the other end of the court yeah. when he's putting up numbers on the offensive end. But he rebounds, defends, blocks shots. He takes up space. He's great in help side. He's he's a, he's become you're right a, 
a well-rounded player and is the and is the best offensive player. And it's amazing how he's done it while shrinking since he was drafted. Right. Because I remember when he was a seven-footer, and now he's listed as 6'9". Yeah. It's amazing how he's gotten smaller. And I, I, look, I was actually looking for something else entirely and seeing him standing next to Steph Curry. And, yeah, Kevin, no, Kevin Durant, you're a lot closer to seven-foot than you are 6'9". Right. It's like that reserve, reverse psychology. When you were in college, did you, did you have yourself listed bigger or smaller than you actually were? No, I've always been right on the, right on the money. Well, no, no, that's, that's, that's funny you say that because in press that I've seen for you, oh. some places you're listed at 6'4", some places 6'5". So what was the legit Robert, you height? can't pull six, one five. over your wiki six, writer. I am, I am your <laughs> stalker the, and yes, wiki author. The historian. I did promise the world there would be a Robert Bricky wiki page. Have you gone – can you see if it's live now or if it's still in draft me, form? Okay, I'll pull it up. Yeah, it's out there. It's got – needs some improvements. We need needs some, some images additions. added. What's that? We need to make some additions. We need to come up with a slogan. Uh, I, so I when I run it. for Senate. All right. And uh, maybe some links where we can sell some merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. In fact, I got a box of T-shirts over there. We could we get to hawk. We could sell those through the link. I like that. We, can, we need to build an Etsy page. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Let's make that happen. So, all right. Speaking of people that are 6'9", I, I'm going to tell anybody out there that's listening, the draft has come and gone. Luka Doncic is not nearly any part of six foot eight. I had a conversation with my child just in advance of the draft. And I asked him, who do you think the best player in the draft is? And he's, he's an NBA kid. He knows what he's talking about. He said, man, I... That European dude, he's nasty. And I say, yeah, he's nice. He'll be an okay two guard <laughs> in the NBA. He's like, nah, he's 6'8 and run the point. I said, this kid is not 6'8. Right. And he argued me down. And I said, I tell you what, come sit with me for a minute. And we pulled up video and he watched him play against other players. He's like, that dude ain't 6'8. He's about 6'3, 6'4. That's how tall he is. Are you sure you weren't watching him when he was like 13? No. I'm telling you, I will show you. I will show you definitive proof. And that is the draft day photo. If you go to our Twitter feed, I posted a picture of him standing next to Jalen Brunson. Well, how tall is Jalen Brunson? Six I foot no idea. one. Oh, he's not that much taller than him. No, he's not. Not that much taller no. than him. And here's the other thing too that I wanted I want to alert Seven all of you people to no. is here's here's part of the problem in the translation here. Anytime you've gone in and taken a physical, how has your height been measured? No shoes. No shoes. Well, I was just measured. Standing with, shoes. with your back Never against a wall, no shoes. And they said I was six one. That means I grew an inch. It was awesome. <laughs> here's the deal. You get a late growth spurt. Yeah. The combine. The combine numbers always come in lower than what these kids have been oh, listed yeah. at in college. Always. I told you all during the college basketball season that Trey Young was not six foot three, and at the combine he he measured six foot and one half inches. Ugh. That's shorter than I am. Yes, he is more athletic than I am. <laughs> he has a better jumper than I am, but he is not. Two inches taller than me. He doesn't have better hair than you. Now, that's funny. 
He doesn't have better hair his than hair is anybody. Wh- he's he's the ugliest man trainer. in the NBA. He needs to do a commercial for a road game. <laughs> Dude. Well, and he he's, talks like a Muppet, uh, too. He's just a weird no, little, I don't like funny him. little kid. Horrible. Interesting. Be Sorry, good. I guess Trey Young's not going to be calling into the show anytime soon. No. Yeah. But here's my thing, is that here's what happens at the Combine, though. They measure them barefoot, and when you're looking at numbers, that's what tells you how tall a man is, how tall he is barefoot. But then they let them put their shoes on and they measure them a second time and they publish that. Invariably in this day and age, that's the number that these guys, these reporters are taking out and running with. And that's the numbers get pushed out there. You're taking Donkic, who wasn't at the combine, who is a fish story all by himself anyway. And these guys, oh, yeah, sure, he's 6'8". Kid's not 6'8". He's about 6'4". And when you look at him and recognize that he plays a step slow anyway, you're not going to get – I don't care how savvy you are with the ball in your hands, right. you're not going to get away with that in the NBA. If he was 6'8 and he was a step slower than a good one or a two guard, that's one thing. At 6'4", you're a liability on offense, and you're going to get dismantled on defense. What was Remember the, that you heard me say this now. What was the kid's name that went to um, – Play for the Hornets, six eight, Gonzaga. Oh, Morrison. Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison. Boy, he was hyped coming out of college, and then fifteen minutes after the season started, you, you never heard from him again. No. Next no. thing you know, he had what some disease or something. something it was crazy. the disease of the worst mustache in the NBA. It was a mustache. That's what happens when you take a guy that steps slow. And I'm listening to these guys who are the. It's one thing for the guys that cover the NBA on the periphery. They get caught up in the wash, and they're like, hey, he's the best player to ever come out of of Europe. Dude, why don't you go back and look at the last half dozen NBA drafts? Porzingis is the guy everybody wants to put their finger on. And there wasn't anybody anywhere talking about Porzingis being the best player in the draft. Well, Phil Jackson was ridiculed like he was. a man- maniac he when was. he did that pick. But other than Porzingis, go look at these cats that have been taken in the top five and top eight. They're sitting on benches across oh, the yeah. NBA. Been a lot of bust. These are the guys this cat's been matched up with over there in Europe. Don't believe the hype. We'll see you on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Find us on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Imagine if I told you that an earthquake was going to hit tomorrow right where you live. That it would be 6.5 in magnitude with aftershocks occurring twice 25 minutes apart. You'd no doubt talk with your loved ones, and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you an earthquake will happen tomorrow, but what if it does? Shouldn't you have a plan? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. Or not. M2. Or not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. 
When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. Are not. M2. Are not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. And now, from Sanford, North Carolina, Chris Lambert and Brandon Hi, welcome back to From the Chief Seats. I'm Chris Lambert, Professor Trent Nichols, and the inimitable Robert Ricky in the house. And Brick is taking his shoes off. I'm not sure I 100% know how I feel about that. But just to make him feel at home and okay about it, I'm taking mine off too. So I don't. That's kind of wild. It's funny. Did, his feet smell like, like a, a barbecue mesquite chips. Yeah, dude, he brought in a whole bunch of junk food, and I'm like, this dude, this is a world class athlete. And this is the dinner of champions. <laughs> I didn't know. Snicker bar. I get. I think when you're chips. 16, that's the dinner of champions. When you're as old as we are, that's extra time on the treadmill. Yeah, you know, it was a crazy day today, and. I, I had no time to <laughs> properly nourish myself. If so. I would have known, I could have gone to Duke by eating Doritos and Skittles. <laughs> Darn it. Man. Chocolate so, chip cookies, too. Chocolate chip so cookies. I played this weekend in the um, – let me make sure I get this right. This was the – it was a benefit golf tournament for the Fayetteville Urban Ministries. Oh, Johnny, you familiar? Um, yeah. I was Johnny shocked, stunned that I didn't see you there. I do have to tell you a story, though. I knew that Brandon, who is my go-to on things like this, where you know, if I get an invite, I'm like, "Hey, come on." Okay, so I you're knew in that, my town, but you wait, don't wait, call wait minute, me. Wait a minute, wait, 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 hold on. This is how I this see, went I down. See, I know. I see my status. But, uh, now. This is this is how this went down. I got a call from Will Du Bois at Sistel, and I pimp Sistel all the time. If you're looking to get a new copier in your business. Sistel is where to go, and Will Du Bois in particular. He takes better care of his clients than anybody. So he calls me and says, hey, I need two for this tournament. This is a couple days in advance. And my response, as it always is when I get golf tournament inquiries, we winning or drinking? (laughs) And he said, I've got a ringer coming. We're going to win. So I call Ed Snyder. Ed is ridiculous. I don't know that I've ever played in a golf tournament with Ed Snyder, and we've we've won some loot all over the doggone region playing golf tournaments. I don't know where I've ever played a tournament where Ed was clearly the second best player on the team. 
But Will brings his cousin up who is playing golf at James Madison, and this kid was lights out. So here's the thing. We go out there and we shoot a 54. We come back in, and I'm thinking, we're good. We've got this thing in the bag. And they start posting scores, and I'm like, wait wait a minute. Who handicapped this thing? And Will tells me, oh, man, they do a lot of sandbagging at this tournament. Right. And I'm like, well, what did, what did you put our handicaps in? And he said, well, I put us all in at 25s. And I laughed. Right. Because I was the third best player on this team, and I'm not near a 25. So I'm tickled by this. And then he says, but my cousin felt guilty, so when he registered, he told him he was a scratch golfer. Youth and ignorance go hand in hand, don't they? What are you doing, kid? So these other two teams of ringers who we smacked around both beat us. We came in third instead of first, and they walked up there with their – as they manipulated the handicaps, they 13s across the board. We were an eight, and they both beat us. But (laughs) I say that because – I expected to see you there, and even though I didn't, I saw a sponsorship sign from your firm, right? Old Fayetteville Insurance, right? And I thought it was very interesting because there was a sign next to yours for an operation I'd never heard of before. And Trent, I need you to think about what the company might do. It was called... Rimguard Extreme. Rimguard Extreme? <laughs> right. Wow. I, I don't have any idea. Well, maybe some kind of uh, car rim protector. Could Protection. Be. That's Could be. Probably that was pretty what tame. it was. But I'm thinking if you got 50 cents, you could figure it out in a bathroom of a gas station. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I wasn't familiar, but I did send Rick, uh, Robert a uh, a picture of it and asked him, and he said, "I don't know, maybe it's Mo Bamba. I don't know." <laughs> well, let me back up. Uh, all right. So, uh, so you were invited to play in this tournament, I'm sure. So he clearly ignored my statement about he could have called me, and so I thought this story was leading up to. <laughs> No, I, had an I, I will. We to will call play you. lots of golf tournaments together in the future. You're in my town, yeah, and you don't even bother to say, "Hey, I'm in town." I would have come out and just—I uh, got a cart and got some cold ones and just been the caddy next time around. Here, caddy. This was a—you—you you know, I had a, a an action-packed week ahead of me. Right. This was a ooh. Can I squeeze a couple hours in, get out there, and get back and, right. and get busy? But no, next time I make it to Fayetteville to play in a golf tournament, we will, whether you play or not, we will have drinks at some point. Okay. I assure you. But uh, yeah, I, I really didn't, as it was going on, I didn't really think about it. And then I got down there and I was like, how is Bricky not? This Bricky. You know, actually, Dennis, who owns Old Fayetteville, played in it. Oh, I did he? Another guy in the office. We whooped his behind. It. But what day was that on? It was on Saturday. It was Saturday morning out at uh, Gates 4. I was here. I, oh, I yeah? Just, yeah, I just. Hmm. Well, you okay. were right. It is a uh, car rim. Oh, is it really? Yeah, repair shop. So what are they like? That That's crazy. Yeah. Is it They're a straight? Oh, very highly rated. I know what they do. Very they, highly rated. 
They'll come out to you. Bent you, wheels. Yeah, yeah. And they'll repair. They've got a. No way. Kind of a shop in the back of a box truck. And they come out to you and they fix rims. You They're know the crazy too. part about that is? They're is everywhere. I may call them because I have a rim that's damaged. Yeah. Right. And, they, and I hear they do really good work. They do a lot of work for the uh, car dealers in the area. Okay. Yeah. They're yeah. five-star rated. I mean, they get nothing but great reviews. All right. They have wonder, a place uh, in Charlotte, Wilmington, Wilson, Fayetteville. I, I may actually look them up. Who so that, that T sign, hey. I'd never, I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought when you damaged the rim, you just, you know, went yeah. and ordered another one because yeah. I've got one that's chewed up a little bit. Right. Um, rim guard extreme. A woman in my life that I'm very close to scraped a curb. Oh. Mm-hmm. This segment has been brought to you by Rim Guard Extreme. When yep. the woman in your life that you're very close to messes up your wheels, <laughs> give us a call. We'll be there in a jiffy. And we'll be, we'll send you an invoice for that, Rim yeah. Guard. Yeah, but yeah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, the World Cup is happening. I have I, I have a yes-no question for you guys. Would you be paying closer attention if the U.S. was in the World Cup? Yes. And I don't even like soccer. Okay. No. You would not? No. Is that because you're paying attention already at such a high level? Yes. Okay, cool. I, I enjoy the World Cup no matter what. Even if USA was in there, I would have very little expectations. I probably wouldn't even be rooting for them. See, you're, but you, you've got it licked. I'm, I watch every game I can, even when I'm home. I get up. I love it right now because all the games are 6 a.m., 9 a.m., 11, and 2. I can get up, pop on a game, eat lunch, enjoy the action. Even Heck, even me and my kids this summer, we've been watching it, cheering on. Well, kudos to Fox because unlike – what NBC has done with the Olympics, they got it right. Play it live. Yep. It's 2018. On we can Fox, DVR local. it. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. And then at night, at 8 o'clock on FS1, they play the replay. Yeah, go ahead and play the, the replay game. for folks that Heck, don't I have DVR or whatever that the case too. might be. But play and it live. You know what? We'll figure it out. Yep. We're good. I think people that are committed to a sport – We'll either DVR it yeah. or we'll get up and watch or Absolutely. stay up and watch I have gotten up on Saturday morning. at, In fact, this Sunday when England played, I was up watching the game. And my wife was like, what are you doing? I was like, you got to watch the game. So, of course, I love basketball and track. Mm-hmm. So, if they were at odd hours, I'd stay up or get up because I just I love Olympic track and field. Mm-hmm. So I would I would make a sacrifice to watch it live. I would rather watch it live than on a replay. Well, and you know the NBA and basketball in general can take a lesson from this. Put the games on when you do the FIBA World Championships. Put them on. Put them on. Oh God, yeah. Put them on. I mean, when we are starving for viewing material in the summer, the World Cup <laughs> would be fabulous. Viewing, like, well, I would, they just played the World League Championship in that all this talk about Donkic, Donkic, right. Donkic. Dude, there wasn't no basketball on. Exactly. Why Great was that not on my television? We're watching the College Baseball World Series and women's fast pitch softball. Put that mess on my TV. Chris, last summer, what did you watch all summer long? I watched some NBA Summer League. <laughs> and I, I will be this year. just. Put, wrote the schedule down for the summer league today. See? I'm so excited to have something to watch uh, over the summer. I made a note of all the games, and you know they're doing it all in um, Vegas, Vegas this summer. Yep. But they do have a little thing in Utah, so we've got about a 
20, 25 day stretch of basketball this summer, which is, I think, fabulous. Well, and I'm going to tell you, and I'm not trying to puff my chest out, that's where I discovered Donovan Mitchell. It was not watching NCAA basketball because right. I never saw anything from Donovan Mitchell that was like, oh, I didn't either. Snap. And I saw Louisville play several and, times. And I watched the Utah Jazz play Portland last year. And the reason I watched the game is I wanted to see Caleb Swanigan right. and Zach Collins because those were the two guys. I thought, well, Portland's got two big men. If either one of these kids is any good. And 10 minutes in, I was like, oh, my God. This kid here playing up for the opposition. And I went out of my way to watch him a couple more times. I'm like, that kid is money. Right. I can't wait for Summer League. My question, you said you made a list. What teams are you going to be looking Does at specifically? Not oh, you're just going to look at all. Does Everybody. Not okay. I, I, I like to get an eye on the young talent, especially some kids maybe from the West Coast or obscure conferences sure. where we didn't have an opportunity to see them much. Lay eyes on those guys. That's all. All right. Trent, you going to look I'm, at any NBA Summer League? I'm a homer, man. I, I watch – I watch a lot of Boston. Okay, well, I, see, Boston still, Boston may be fun. one of the lamer teams to watch this because year. the only – yeah, I mean, Robert Williams, and I don't know how much with his injury history they're going to let him play during the summer. So that may not be – you know, might be kind of a letdown. They'll load – I mean, obviously, they'll but load But the last two years they've been fun, and right. I love listening yeah. to – anytime Brad Stevens talks, I love uh, hearing that. That's one of the other cool things about the coverage with – the summer league is that they get these front office guys in there, they get the coaches, and they do these extended, just sort of free form interviews with these guys, yeah. and you get to get inside their heads. I just enjoy the coverage. I put it on my TV, and why they didn't put the Euro League championships on uh, on TV, I don't know. Especially with as much hype as there was about yeah. Donkic, yeah, dude. If you think NBA fans wouldn't have been tuned in, you're nuts. Right. So, missed opportunity, but kudos to Fox for their World Cup coverage on television. However, you get the gas face for your radio coverage. You guys know I'm commuting back and forth to Durham, and I have had to listen to many of these games on the radio. Fox, radio and television are two entirely different things. Fox sold out. They got the World Cup radio rights, and what they have done is played their television feed across the radio. Hmm. It's awful. Wow. It's awful. It's great. The TV coverage, I don't have any beef with. Their TV coverage has been good, but that's not radio. And there have been games where I've listened, and I have no idea what's going on in pivotal moments because their announcers sort of take the tack and step back so that you can watch. Well, I'm watching my XM display screen, (laughs) <laughs> and I don't have any idea what's going on. So great job with television, playing the games live, putting them out there. Every game, as best I know, has been available. That's awesome. Good job, guys. We'll finish up on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats in Sanford, North Carolina. Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. 
I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back. If you're listening on WDCC, this will about wrap it up. Head on over to the worldwide interwebs and check out the podcast uh wrpr rat pack radio this is one of our new homes if you haven't checked it out online go get it go get it they're available on the tune in app you can get it through the website but rat pack radio sports is good stuff and ironic media i-r-o-n-i-q media now we were talking about the world cup and we started this World Cup off with losses in the first round, or, or non-wins, rather. There were some draws in there. Argentina, Brazil, and Germany all failed to win their openers. Yep. First and the time world ever. panicked, and it was chaos. And now as we sit here today, it appears that all three of those teams are going to get to the round of 16, no problem. <laughs> well. Yeah, still some work to do. Yeah. Argentina is through. Yep. Brazil is, is Brazil through. They're pretty safe. I think they're safe. And Germany has some work. Has some work to do. Has but to win. When it's all said and done, I think they're going to get through. Now, Colombia might be the biggest one that has a lot of work and needs some help. Yes. So they may not. They may miss. However, I don't think Colombia at any World Cup is enough to turn the world on its axis or off its axis. So it's just how I feel about it. Who is the team that has most impressed you? <coughs> well, I'm not going to ask Bricky because Bricky already said I don't like soccer. The team that's most impressed me is I, I've actually been really impressed with Mexico. I, they have, have I. a very controversial head coach that everyone wasn't sold on. But the way they played against Germany and then completely turned it around and played totally different against uh, South Korea is they've been really impressive. And I'm not, I don't think that they're going to be the typical Mexico one and done in the 16. I mean, they could beat a couple more teams and get to the Final Four. Heck, they may even get to the championship. All right, I'll buy that for a nickel. The, um, I've got something. I'm all ears. I don't really care about soccer, but I say we road trip to the country that wins it to party for a few days. It's my contribution. Serbia, here we come, (laughs) baby. I've been to Serbia. I spent a year in Serbia, (laughs) Croatia. No, thank you. Not where you want to go. No. Well, let's just limit it to say Mexico, Brazil, all the the cool partying countries. If Brazil wins, Barcelona, I'm, Spain. I'm down for that. Go. I'm down for that. Portugal. I'm even down to Argentina. Be good. Portugal, great. I've mm. been to Portugal. That's great. I've been to Barcelona. Amazing. Mm. Barcelona. Amazing. I've been to Spain a couple of times, but never to Barcelona. Right. So 
yeah, I'm down. We can make that happen. Here's the other thing, too, and I know this is very forward-leaning. Trent, eight years from now, the World Cup is going to be shared by the U.S. with Canada and Mexico. About two-thirds of the games are going to be played here in the States. Mm -hmm. Are you making a road trip somewhere to see games? Well, I'm kind of hoping they get a a game here in Charlotte. But if they're in Atlanta, Washington, I would actually – I would go. See, I would try to – Just to experience it. I would try to do it differently. I would want to go someplace away. You know, we were looking at the prospective cities because it hasn't been settled yet as to where the American game is going to be hosted. And I'm not even sure that I necessarily want to go and tie myself to going to the city where the U.S. is playing because that's going to be an impossible ticket. No, I wouldn't. And I can go into any bar anywhere in the country and have a great time watching the U.S. play. I might travel to my second favorite team in the world is probably England. If England were to play in the U.S., I think I could do that. Also, it might be a great excuse to make a trip to Canada. Um, See, but I don't – if that is the case, Canada probably not. I would have to go to Mexico City. Why not go to a country that totally 1 billion percent embraces and lives and dies by soccer and have that experience there? You know, if you want to experience soccer, go to the Premier League. You know, go to London. Go see Manchester United in their stadium. You want to see soccer here in the States? Go to Portland. Go to Seattle. But for the World Cup, Canada? Okay, is it the World Cup of Hockey? United States? I'm sold, brother. Is it the NFL? Let's go to Mexico. I can dig it. I dig it. Now, will NAFTA affect this at all? Man, NAFTA will be gone by then. Trump's getting rid of NAFTA. (laughs) In fact, we might have just colonized Canada by then, and it might be the, you know, 51st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th states. Who knows what's going to go down by then. So, (laughs) before I forget, let me, uh, let me tell the world. We do trivia. I host trivia at Libations uh, in downtown Sanford every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Now, I teased last week and said that the category this week, tomorrow, uh, or what is today? I don't even know. Tomorrow. On Wednesday the 27th? Yes. Correct. Wednesday the 27th, your teased category is the NBA draft. And hair bands, right? And hair bands. Yes. So those are your two those are your two T's categories. I would also say that it's a safe assumption that this week and probably the next couple weeks probably going to be some World Cup trivia in there too. Probably. Now, I'm just I'm just going to tease all the categories. Here we go. I also next week Oh, Next week's July 4th, isn't it? Yeah, yeah next week. It it's good. This is all for this week. This is all for the 27th. We're doing the NBA draft. We're going to do World Cup hair bands, and I'm going to do a library category. Library? Long story. Yes, there were a couple librarians that came and played, and they beat me up. They want questions about things like the Dewey Decimal System. Uh, so I'm going to figure out a library category to, to accommodate Dewey them because that's what I do, baby. It's what I do. And if you have suggestions for categories, send them to cheapseatradio at gmail.com. Cheap seat 
radio at gmail.com. I get requests every week. Do we do some of my throwaway. Yeah, they have to. They still? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I guess they haven't been in a library. Well, they use those little ISBN numbers for online ordering. And right. that's, I mean, if you're ordering books, I don't know how often y'all order books. I know I just ordered a bunch of textbooks for law yeah. school, and that was, whew. How much, how much did it cost you? Um, for my summer session, about seven fifty. That's not bad. Is that covered in your uh, scholarship? Mm-mm. No, but there was a girl in class today, and one of the books that I bought cost me $233. And I got the very last one on Amazon. Couldn't find it anywhere but Amazon. The school bookstore was out of stock. Barnes & Noble was out of stock. Every place I looked, Amazon said it had one new for two thirty three, And I was like, yes, boom, let me put it in there. And then after I got it and got the order confirmed, I went back just out of curiosity to see how much a used one would have been. And I started seeing used and new aftermarket for four five six hundred dollars and sure enough one of my classmates today said oh yeah yeah, i went ahead and paid an extra two hundred dollars just so i could have the book on time and i says you know what that level of dedication you're gonna be a rich corporate attorney yeah because i wasn't gonna be if they had not had it for 233 that was my tipping point you need to study with whoever that person is one more nickel i did just hey sorry professor i'm is out of stock and that's most of the class was like our bad like it's out of stock. What are you gonna do? I can't believe you can't like download an ebook yet. No, no. The textbooks. textbooks, textbook company, they are hanging on, yeah. clinging on with their fingernails and claws. And what they do is, is they sell you the textbook and they sell you online access with a one-time only code. Ugh. So unless you're the one that bought the book and and executed the code. You can't get it. And you know, especially legal textbooks, right. you're not going to go try to jack one and put it up online somewhere because yeah. you just, you know you're getting sued. So, no, it's a it's a racket. It's a thing. I think Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban had the right idea. $745, I think, was my total bill from the different vendors that Ooh, I paid. Yeah. And, and they realize their days are numbered, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they've got to hold yeah. on and make as much as they can yes. while they can. Yes. Hmm. Mark Cuban. Start. Mark Cuban selling radio to on the internet. That's how he made his billions. Yeah, I'm going to buy all the textbooks and put them all on the internet. It's coming. Ebook it. You're you're dealing with a whole Kindle. generation of kids. It's funny. Because, Amazon and Kindle. Well, it, it's funny because on occasion I will seek out and find apps or functions that allow me to see things that I ought not necessarily be able to see media-wise. Not going to incriminate myself. But every single time that I do, I'll be like, hey, child of mine, check this out. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I've been doing that for like a year. That's old stuff. Let me show you this. I mean, these kids are not going to pay for music. They are not going to pay for television. They are not going to pay for movies. They're just not. Well, what do we so, teach them as kids? We teach them how to share, play nice with others. So all no, they're doing No, what I used to teach my sharing. kids was how to sneak popcorn or <laughs> how to sneak candy into the movies. You gotta, you gotta so share your toys. It had so nothing now they're to do sharing, with sharing their music. My kids are like, wait a minute. We used to, you know, jack the movie theater by bringing in candy from outside. There's, hey, not paying for movies is, you know, just the next step. These kids, I'm telling you across the board, they are not going to pay for these things. 
So if you've got DirecTV stock, sell it now. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris Lambert, Robert Bricky, and Professor Trent you're listening to Chris Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue and you can use like anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the cheap seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. I am Chris DeLambert, Professor Trent Nichols, and the inimitable Robert Brickier in the house with me today. Kaplan may have bailed on us. I thought Diamond Dave was going to be in studio today, not looking promising at this point. And Brandon Atkins is doing his very best Dave Kaplan. He's at the beach, chilling for a week. You got to love that, man. That's not a bad life. It's good work if you can get it. And we and we miss you, Brandon. Did we, he wasn't here for the last show either, was he? No, two weeks in a row. Oh my God! Yeah, man, that's a that's I'll a hell he, of a president. contract year. Yeesh! Trying mm. to renegotiate. Is he going He's trying Kawhi to quiet on us. Yeah, <laughs> what, what's going on? Speaking of of holdouts, though, Odell Beckham, ODB. This guy wants to be the highest paid player in the NFL. It's going to cost him $30,000 a day if he holds out. <clears throat> Here's my question, guys. How do you feel about these players who are well compensated for what they do using what admittedly is really the only mechanism for them to get a pay raise? How do you feel about it? It's a business. And yeah. like you say – that is the one mechanism that, that they can use to get some leverage to try to work a new deal. Now, you can say what you want to do about the locker room and teammate and camaraderie and all that. But at the end of the day, that's a short career. You want to set yourself up for long-term financial success. You got to get the money while you can. And I don't think any of the players in the locker room – I think they understand. Now, I think highest paid players is a little extreme, but he's got to get the you got to take the money and run while you can. Where you got Trent? 
I mean, it's just hard for me. If you're under contract, you're under contract. You know, you can use whatever. Very Okay, if they have very limited leverage to try to do that, they have to hold out or get fined or whatever. But you go and think about it. What happens if I wanted more money at my job and I said, okay, I'm not coming in until you pay me more? You know, it doesn't. Right. It doesn't work that way. Well, it depends on how good you are at your job, I suppose. <laughs> All right, here's the here's the situation with here's the situation with Beckham though. I, I don't think he understands. He didn't have a heck of a lot of leverage. No. This guy coming out the way the CBA was was negotiated, NFL teams for their first round pick signed them to a four year contract. That's pretty much scale. All right, it's a significant scale now. Beckham, Beckham for instance, made one point eight three nine in his fourth year on his essentially scale salary as a first-round pick. Now, teams during that fourth year have the option to put you on an automatic fifth year at a significant raise. So this year, Beckham comes in, he's going to make about $8.5 million, which isn't chump change, but pales into the compare in comparison to the contracts of guys like A.J. Green. As much as I love A.J. Green, Beckham's in that same class and should be paid like that. Now, here's the other piece of this, though, is that Beckham, if he doesn't sign an extension, doesn't get a new deal from the Giants, they can franchise him for the next two years and still pay him at significantly less than he would get on a contract like he wants. That, to me, seems excessive that these teams have seven years of control with these first-round picks. It's also a little counterintuitive that they don't have the same option with guys taken after the first round. They don't have the uh, the opportunity to automatically you know, put them on that fifth-year extension and make that, that election. So it's kind of interesting. Um, I don't want to get into too much NFL because we're, we're down the ways, and we have neglected the NBA draft. I'm very excited to hear what our resident expert, Robert Bricky, has to say about what went down on draft night. And I'm a little stunned that we haven't really talked about it up to this point. First of all, let's start at number one. Right. Phoenix takes DeAndre Ayton. I said before, if I'm LeBron James, Ayton down there to Phoenix, Devin Booker's already there, I'm headed to Phoenix. You've got T.J. Warren down there. Josh Jackson has got to show something in year two. you got a nice little core. They've got a ton of cap space down there. <clears throat> Go down to Phoenix. There's worse places to live. And you could bring Paul George. Or... Why does anybody want to take Paul George with him? Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> you need another piece. I like Paul George. And he's the uh, soup of the day right now. So, uh, But you know what? <laughs> I'll tell you right now. Right, it's I'll become... take Devin Booker over Paul George any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Well, okay, just imagine you put those two, LeBron, Aiton. You know who I like, too? The kid Bender. Dragon Bender? Yeah. He, he, did, he didn't have a great year last year, but I like him. So, I think you're He's right. He's got a I cool think, name. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think you're right. That is a destination spot that nobody's talked about for LeBron. And they can compete in the West. Why can't they Mikel not? Bridges, what they too. need? What's that? Mikel Bridges. And Brit, that's the crazy part about it is, I don't want to get too far ahead. You, you got my ADD kicking in. Here's let, let's skip straight to this. 
Philly takes McCall Bridges. Yes. And I'm like, great Great pick. Yeah. Great pick. He's a Philly kid, but more than that, he is size and shooting, which is all they need to add to that team, especially because Redick is about to get bounced. He won't be brought back. You got to put shooters out there. That's what Bridges is going to bring you. Not a terribly athletic kid, but he's big. He strokes the shot. He's played big time basketball. He's a winner. Love the pick. Then they immediately, after, and they break his mom's heart. I don't want to dwell on that. But they trade him for Zaire Smith. Zaire Smith is the exact opposite of what <laughs> Philly needs. Zaire Smith is the most athletic player in this draft, period. You heard me say it a minute. You'll see him in the dunk, slam dunk contest in a couple of years. Zaire Smith can jump out of the gym. Amazingly explosive. His shot does not translate to the NBA at this point. You're going to see that. And he watches highlight reels. He didn't shoot a lot of threes. And the ones that he hit and made, wide open spaces, very deliberate. He's got a lot of work to do on that jumper. Zaire Smith could be good in a lot of places. Other than finishing on the break and playing a little bit defense, he's not going to contribute a lot to Philly. So I was baffled by that trade. However, Bridges going down to Phoenix is a great move for them. The problem they had last year, the reason Josh Jackson couldn't stay on the floor is because he couldn't shoot enough. And nobody else outside of Booker could shoot enough because you had Warren and Jackson you're trying to run together, two guys without a great three-point stroke, and it screwed up the spacing for Devin Booker. Now you put McCall Bridges in there. Look out now. This kid may get significant minutes early. He's big. He can play D. He can defend multiple positions, and he can shoot. Love that acquisition for Phoenix. Add me another shooter down there. A professional. Take Redick with you. Redick just made $22 bucks. You can get him for next to nothing now. LeBron, call J.J. Redick. You guys go down to Phoenix. You'll win a championship. I like it. Just like that. Boom. And look, Reddick would love it because I don't have to do a whole lot of running around mm-hmm. now. I could stay, spot up and wait on the pass. Yep. That's, that extends my professional career. He could be, you know, Kyle Corver. Yep. Corver's what, 39, 38, 39? 37. 37. 37. Yeah. He's old. Anyway, one of the other's old. So, Aiton to Phoenix. You're digging Good the pick. pick. Here's They've my question. Here is, here is my question for you, though. To me, over the next 36 months, when I look at the Andre Ayton, I think that his upside points-wise, 16 and 12, which is nothing to turn your nose up at. Right. That's what I see for the next year or two, maybe three. And he may become a dominant big man and may put up Anthony Davis-type numbers as we move forward and he develops his outside game. Don't know what's going to happen with it. But for the next couple years, I think you can pencil it in 16 and 12. Dwight Howard just put up 16 and 12 for the Charlotte Hornets. He's pretty much put up 16 and 12 his entire career. He was traded to the Brooklyn Nets in an absolute head-scratcher of a move by Charlotte. And And now is being bought out, by all reports, in Brooklyn, which means he's going to be out there and available. So, I know he's a locker room cancer. I know he's a headache for his coaches. But if you're a team and you're sitting and you're like, all right, with the first pick of the draft, I can go get a relatively cheap 16 and 12 in the post. Or I can go spend a couple bucks on Dwight Howard for 16 and 12. What's the tipping point in terms of how much Dwight Howard would would have to cost before you're like, nah. 
You know what? I think if you're a team like Phoenix where you're trying to rebuild a culture, you don't bring you don't bring a guy like that in your locker room. No, regardless of cost, you do not bring that guy in. You've got a young group, very 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 young group. You add you a couple quality veterans to that squad. Teach those guys how to be professionals. Show them the way. That could be a completely different franchise in one year. Wow. We shall see. Team that's on the upswing. Another team that's on the upswing, Sacramento Kings. Got it right and listened and to took you. Marvin Bagley III with the second pick in the draft. That team. You were talking about summer league basketball earlier. That is the team I will be going out of my way to watch, and not because I necessarily just want to see Marvin Bagley. I want to see Harry Giles. Giles is back, working out, seems to be full go, and as good as Bagley is, Harry Giles was Marvin Bagley coming out of high school two years ago. If that kid gets back right – and you add those two unbelievably long athletes with complete games into that squad that already got some nice young talent out there, Sacramento could be a lot of fun to watch. De'Aaron Fox was one of my favorite players in the last draft. You got him out there. You got Buddy Heald. You've got some pieces. Bagley all by himself. I think if I had to handicap the rookie of the year race right now, Bagley's got to be my guy. But you talk a little bit about the pick. I think you're right. They got it right. I think they've got to turn that whole the fortunes of that whole franchise around. You got to get fans to the games. You got to get likable guys. You got to do things in the community. Again, they're similar to Phoenix. They've got to build a culture where the city begins to support them. You got to have a player. You got to have a player to build around. And Bagley could be that guy. Like he. He's got so many raw gifts that when he begins to develop a consistent jump shot, make free throws consistently, and play a little defense, he's going to be an all-star. You build around that guy, and then if you get it going, now somebody would, a veteran would want to go to Sacramento and join him, and then all of a sudden the fortunes of that franchise turn around. Well, I like both of the first two picks in the draft a lot. And then we get to Atlanta. Dude, what are these guys doing? How can you miss so badly twice? Now, the consensus, and we've talked about Donkic, and and I'm telling you, I've told you all as many times you want to listen, kid's not 6'8". He's slow, and his game is not going to translate. I've heard comparisons to Goran Dragic. Dragic is athletic. He's a supreme athlete. He's right. quick. People are surprised how quick he is because he's a little European white guy. He can guy. play. He's and he a can player. play. This is not what you're going to get from is this he, guy. Is he Rubio? Yes. That's what I'm thinking he's more of. In fact, I had that conversation a little while ago. We'll talk a little bit more about these picks and give our draft review on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, Would you still pay to pet her? 
Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey, Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on. Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. For those of you living under a rock, Atlanta, the Hawks with the third pick, took Luka Doncic everybody's favorite European baller, and traded him to Dallas for the fifth pick and a future number one. Now, at this point, if that's all you know about that, oh, Atlanta just got over on somebody who fell in love with this European kid that nobody's seen play. So I'm like, Atlanta could have this right except that you're leaving the other part of this out. You've got Wendell Carter that could go out there. You've got Mo Bamba. Um, Any number of things you could do right here, except that they trade him for Trey Young. So essentially they've taken Trey Young with the third pick in the draft. That was pretty much how I felt about the Mm. whole situation. I heard Tim Legler say he could be an NBA All-Star. He could be an NBA All-Star. Who, Tim Legler could be. (laughs) I, I I I will say this to you. There is a very small chance that they have gotten this right and that this kid is the next Steph Curry. I'd say no. I would too. I mean, no. But I'm gonna say this I would say no. There's, there's no small chance. You don't even think there's a small Zero. chance. Zero. I think he's a bust. Oh, well, there you go. I agree. They did this strictly because of what Steph Curry's done to the league. Right. How many other players at Steph Curry's size and stature have done anything like? Do you remember Davidson's run in the NCAA tournament? I absolutely tournament? do. Steph Curry lit up top quality teams. Trey Young faded at the end of the season. It wasn't even the end of the season. In Once the they got 12. into their conference yeah. schedule, yeah. he disappeared. Yep. And that's what these idiots don't seem to understand. Is this kid when they were playing, you know, Kenosha State was throwing these things up and wasn't an efficient offensive player, right. but was doing enough to get highlights on ESPN. ESPN fell in love. Big 12 season opened. Dude. And it was lights out for several reasons. And we just and, – and this – I don't even know how to phrase this without sounding like a, a cad. This is a goofy-looking little kid with horrible hair who does things like wear the short suit to the draft. Right. He hadn't got the moxie to pull that off. No. He's not the guy that's going to come in and is going to galvanize a locker room. He is not that guy. You saw that. That's the that's the correlation these cats are missing. When he went, when Curry was at Davidson and you got a chance cuz they weren't on television much, but when you got a chance to see Davidson, everybody on that team, everybody in that university was like this is our guy. Right. This is our weapon, and we're going to empower this dude to beat you. That's what you saw when he was at Davidson, period. And the whole place, the whole school loved this guy. 
Trey Young was at Oklahoma for a year, and what we saw from his teammates, the guys closest to him were, we quit. Those are young kids that he couldn't command that kind of respect from. Right. They look like now, the Cavs. Now he's going to walk out <laughs> in into an NBA locker room with eight and ten year vets, and these guys are supposed to buy into him shooting forty foot jumpers. Get your ass out of here! It ain't gonna happen. Yeah, he. Uh, I, I I made a conscious effort to watch him play. And I saw him take, I think, I want to say 42 shots in a game. And I just watched the body language of his teammates. Yeah. And they were like, I can't believe Coach is letting this guy no. jack. And, I mean, it, it's, and so he scored 30-something, but he took 42 shots. And 11 of them were horrendous. Well, here's the other piece of this, too, is the other player that I've seen him likened to it's Allen Iverson. Right. Here's a surprise for anybody out there that doesn't realize. Allen Iverson could have played any sport in America. One of the great athletes in American sport history. And the guys in that locker room knew Allen Iverson can pretty much do anything on any sports field or court better than I can. Right. That's that type of athleticism. And Allen Iverson wasn't even a beloved teammate. Right. <clears throat> But he had major heart. And so I have seen none of that. None. This is a guy who is not athletic. He happens to be a guy who's got some cute little moves, got a little bit of handles, and is not afraid to shoot up 40-footers. Right. That's not a skill set that will translate into no. the NBA. And had Steph Curry tried to make his money – Shooting 40-footers when he got into the league, he wouldn't be who he is now. No. That's something that's come later. Because the Splash Brothers, we didn't see them on ESPN because they were shooting 40-footers. Right. We saw them because they were standing at the line knocking them down with that quick release. This is not going to work. However, I will say that there is an exponentially small chance that we're all wrong. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the case. And... Atlanta, they are all in on this kid's potential where his floor is out of the league in a couple of years. This guy is not going to be able to defend any position in the league. He'll be in the D-League year two. Wow. I'm telling you. That coming from Coach Bricky. People know Steph because he set a record for making threes. He went bananas that year. He made 402 or something. And he's consistently been an exceptional deep ball shooter. But people don't realize he's leads the league. He's one of the top five guards in the league at getting to the paint because his shot is so good. And then he can finish. And see, I don't see any of that with Trey Young. Like, I don't think he can make that deep ball shot enough to open up his drive to allow him to get to the paint. I just don't see it happening. Well, we agree, and uh, I think Atlanta's going to rue that. Now, the upside for them is that they do pick up a future number one from the Mavs. So they've sort of mitigated things here. Right. The Mavs getting Doncic essentially at five plus a pick, I don't feel as bad about that as I would if somebody had taken him at one, two, or three. 
but I still think that's a little high. I think the Grizzlies did okay at four with Jaron Jackson Jr. Right. He's got length. Um, he's got prototypical size and length. I don't know that his game is developed enough yet. Um, one thing that folks was understated as we went through the draft process, Jaron Jackson Jr. showed up at, on campus at Michigan State, and the player that was taken just a few spots below him, Miles Bridges, got pushed out of his job when Jaron Jackson showed up. Bridges has been a four up to that point. Jackson showed up there like, hey, we're going to need you to play small forward. Right. Um, Jackson's that type of athlete. Um, we'll see if he can translate that length. The fact that he's got, as, as crazy as this sounds, he's going into a nice situation if that Grizzlies team comes back intact and healthy. Conley was hurt and missed all last season. Gasol, they kind of shut him down at some point, right. but people have slept on Mark Gasol. Mark Gasol is one of the better traditional back to the basket big men yep. in the game. So he's got an opportunity to learn post play from Gasol and play alongside him, where he's got a legit center in there that's a space eater and is gonna is gonna do the dirty work. I like the I like what Jackson may be able to do in, in Memphis. If he shows up, and if he's as good as they hope he is, Dylan Brooks got big minutes last year. They may be some wings scoring away from being back in sort of the playoff twilight zone that they yeah. used to be, yeah. where they're up there and they're a four or a five seed and they can't get through you know, to the third round. But Memphis isn't very far removed from that. And people forget how good they were when Z-Dog was there with them. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Maybe this is the guy that takes that spot and gets him back there. We talked about Dallas. Dallas gets Donkic. I don't like Donkic at all. Um, Mark Cuban and the and the Dallas Mavericks, for whatever reason, were in love with him. It may be as much marketing as it is anything else. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki. There's no how many, no telling how many millions and tens and hundreds of millions he's made that franchise. Uh, Donkic coming in there. We'll see how it shakes out. Um, bit of a head scratcher for me at six. That's Orlando, and they took Mo Bamba. And Bamba was projected anywhere from 1 to 15 as we moved through this process. I was just a little bit um, – you've got a good front court in Orlando already, and I just don't know where Bamba fits in there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Trent, you've kind of checked out. Talk a little bit about that. Or don't. Well, no. I mean, I was surprised at the the magic. I, I thought – somebody would probably come up to try to get Mo Bamba. I don't know if he's ready, if they're going to try to develop them and evolve into that where they can center, have him as the centerpiece to the offense. Oh, no, um, no, 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 no. He, no, 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 no. He, he'll be the third or fourth option there. That's why I don't know that I, I like the pick. Maybe if you're looking at him and you want to develop well, I don't think right term. now this year, but if he's kind of taken a couple of years to develop – it, when you're at six, do you really want to invest in a project that high, I guess is my point. Yeah, but that's what they were saying that Mobamba was anyways. He's a project and that he needed to go to a team that had that capability of treating him as a project. Well, here's the thing. You've got Vucevic already down there. You've got Aaron Gordon down there. Those are two pretty good bigs. 
I don't. I just don't know if Bamba's if there's enough minutes to go around for him. I guess depth. There's something to be said for that. But if I've got the sixth pick, I think I'm trying to find somebody that's going to have an immediate impact and be a starter right now. But maybe that's a little too hopeful. Maybe it's a little too optimistic for for the NBA in this day and age. I mean, after all, there's probably you know eight to ten guys in this draft that'll ever play at an All Star level. I don't know. We'll see. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, and of course, companionship. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. Fantastic cat. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. All right, welcome back to Final Half Hour from the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Professor Trent Nichols, and the inimitable Robert Rickey. Oh, man. So we're talking NBA draft, and really the only reason I wanted to talk to this is or talk about this is because I wanted to get to pick seven where the Chicago Bulls took Wendell Carter Jr. Now I need to say on behalf of my buddy Brandon, he thinks Wendell Carter Jr. might be the best player in this draft. I disagree, but I do think Wendell Carter's a nice player for years to come. I can't understand a couple of things. First of all, why this guy showed up to the draft in full Wakanda garb with the scarf and his parents with the matching dress and vest. That was a little much for me. But the bigger thing, why does he have to disparage Coach K? Wendell Carter came to Duke as part of a heralded class and really – was nationally known in terms of of hoops nicks. But this guy was not the number one player in the country. He was not a Michael Porter Jr. type guy. He wasn't even the top player in his class at Duke. Trevon Duval was. And he and his mother have taken to the interweb the interwebs. I, can't, I see. I say that so much that I can't stop. Interwebs. They've taken to the internet and they've gotten in front of microphones, and they're saying now that Coach Shashevsky promised him he was going to be the man in the post. He was going to be the center centerpiece of the offense, 
and that they somehow hurt his draft stock. Talk about a guy that just got take seventh, taken seventh in the draft. He is an undersized four or a limited athletically three, and he went seventh in the draft. If that's the kind of harm that Coach K is going to do to my kid as a <laughs> potential draft pick, sign me up, dude. Please. Now, Bricky, you've seen the quotes. You know Coach K better very than us. Well. Better than us for sure. Please opine a little bit about this. Well, if what he said is true, I could see him being upset about it. If they made promises to him about playing time, relevance to offense, etc., I could see him being upset. Honestly, I think Bagley helped him because I don't think he could have handled the load on his own. I think Bagley took some of the pressure off of him and allowed him to be free to do other things. So he made threes at a reasonable clip last year. If he was on the block, he wouldn't have been able to do that. He showed he could pass the ball. He got it. He got a chance to demonstrate some skills that he maybe otherwise wouldn't been able to demonstrate had Bagley not been there. So well, he played actually. He had he actually did real well when Bagley was, was out. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I think that helped him a lot. Too. Yeah. So you know, I think sometimes you want to lift a look a gift horse in the mouth. I think Bagley helped the kid. Here's my thing. Marvin Bagley, to me, was the best player in college basketball this year. I told you that I felt like this was the most finished product offensively maybe I've ever seen in terms of a freshman that's available through the draft. There have been guys that have come through that are more athletic, there may be some guys that come out that maybe for whatever reason you can see have a little bit higher ceiling. But a guy that is NBA-ready offensively, defensively, and with the intangibles, I've never seen a guy like Marvin Bagley III. I just have not. First of all, Wendell Carter Jr. had a chance to play with this guy up close and personal. He cannot possibly have walked away wondering why Marvin Bagley was the focal point of the offense and not him. Right. <laughs> now, he, he when, when Bagley had, and when Carter had a chance to lead the team, did he average 21 and 11? No, sir. No. No. So, I don't get it. I also don't get why during all of the draft coverage I have seen and read, Carter has been listed as a center. And that speaks to what I think is the problem with this young man is I do think what I liked best from him was him playing with his back to the basket and him down low banging bodies and doing that stuff. When he went to the combine, he measured in at 6'8". That's where I had real concerns because that's not going to happen in the NBA. He's not that type of athlete. So as an undersized four, which I think you think he'll play in the NBA, I think he's limited. Now, if he continues to work on his game – 
becomes a stretch four, starts shooting that three, can help you with spacing. Now he becomes a valuable piece. But this is not a guy that we're looking at that we're going to put in the Hall of Fame. Not a guy that's probably ever going to get a sniff of an all-star bid. I do think he can be a nice piece. To have gotten picked like that at seven, he probably just needs to shut up. Right. Just going to say. That's probably what needs to happen. Now, we have this. By the time you hear this, this won't be breaking anymore. But apparently, and this is kind of a big deal for a couple of different reasons. Apparently, the L.A. Clippers have just traded Austin Rivers to Washington for Martin Gortat. Hmm. Now, that's an interesting deal. Now, first of all, it's almost a perfect salary pairing. Both of them set to make about $12 million this year. Uh, Gortat, not a particularly athletic big man, but honestly, if I'm building a team, he's the type of big man I want in my rotation. I love that, dude. Because he doesn't need the basketball exactly. in his hands. Mm-hmm. He's going to get you a putback. He's going to he's gonna clog up space. He's going to rebound. He's not trying to put the ball on the floor and be something that he's not. I think Marcin Gortat is – what you want in a big man, especially yep. in that salary range. He hasn't gotten on with John Wall. John Wall has put him on blast several times over the last couple of years, so it was inevitable that he was leaving. The fact that the Clippers are dealing Austin Rivers, who, oh, by the way, happens to be head coach Doc Rivers' son, that's kind of a big deal. Welcome to the world of Jerry West well, now running the Clippers. And Jerry West is undoubtedly in charge now because yes. Doc was kind of running the front office when that when that long-term deal for Austin Rivers was struck. Yep. And by all accounts, that's what caused the problem with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul in the first place. Mm-hmm. So maybe you've closed the gate after the cows are gone, right? but Austin Rivers is out of there. Interesting, though, because as a depth piece in Washington, I kind of like that. You've got an interesting backcourt there with Beal and Wall in Washington. Rivers is a third component coming off the bench if he'll play that role and be nice about it. I kind of like that deal, but here's the other piece of that. If the Clippers just brought in Gortat at $12.5 million a year, something's up with DeAndre Jordan. You heard it here first. They're not going to play Jordan. They're not going to pay Jordan twenty-four million plus a year and pay Gortat his cheese too. Right. So DeAndre Jordan has either let them know he's going to opt out, or they're working on a deal to send DeAndre Jordan someplace else. Dallas, can you hear me? Interesting. Interesting. Possible landing spots for uh, DeAndre Jordan. He'd be welcome anywhere. <laughs> Anywhere that they don't care about free throw <laughs> shooting, yeah. Man, that guy is such a uh, presence on the defensive end. He is. And again, like you say, he doesn't need the ball. And that is amazing <clears throat> to me with as much hype as DeAndre Jordan has gotten over the years. Right. It would have been very easy for him to fall in love with his own press at any point in the last five or six years, and he hasn't. He's still the same guy. Right. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago about Ben Wallace and what Ben Wallace was. And when Ben Wallace decided he was something more than that, yeah. it kind of blew up in his face. DeAndre Jordan offensively is a much more skilled player than Ben Wallace, but he is still limited. But he's always understand understood how to play within those limitations. And at 30 years old, 
this is a guy with a lot of tread left on the tires. Yeah. Now, remember when he first came in the league, he was jumping through the gym, yep. the crazy dunks and all the rest of that stuff. As he has put on weight and become a bigger presence, his game has evolved. And other than not being able to shoot a free throw at an unbelievably bad clip throughout his career, DeAndre Jordan is a winning basketball player. And I like the guy a lot. The Mavericks love him. But let me tell you, one other team in Houston. Talk to me. No, not in Texas. I, Houston, Houston Rockets. Do I, I don't see how Houston can make it happen. They I need, really, to, they really need to add a piece, and LeBron is not going to Houston. I, I don't see how you can add. Capella. If you Okay, you're going to win now. You have Chris Paul. You have Harden. Are you going to go roll the dice with Capella? No, 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 no. no. Here's my thing. Jordan? No, I don't think it's an either-or proposition with Capella or, or Jordan. They're going to struggle to find cap space to find to to pay Capella, and Capella's probably in line for a twelve to fifteen million dollar contract. DeAndre Jordan and his twenty four plus. I don't know how you do that without gutting the team. Well, how would they bring in LeBron? You they know, would have would, to they trade. Would have to gut. I mean, they would they would have to. So they're trade I mean, everything they else. Resign Capella. They could make the DeAndre Jordan. Deal but here's work. the thing: if you do that, you're probably going to have to include guys like. You give Eric up Gordon. Eric Gordon. That's fine. You keep Tucker. You got Harden. You got Chris Paul. You got DeAndre Jordan. And you sign Trevor Ariza at cheap. Uh, Trevor Ariza is not signing anywhere cheap. Trevor Ariza has come to the realization this is yeah. probably his last chance to get a big deal. Trevor Ariza. I think his last chance was his last chance. Well, Trevor Ariza, <laughs> I, I promise you Trevor Ariza will get paid more someplace else than he will in Houston. And the problem that Houston still has is that Ryan Anderson contract. That's the one you're not taking into account. Yeah. You can pay three guys in that 25 to 30 million range. Yeah. The problem is they're paying Harden. They're going to have to pay Paul. Paul is a free agent. People are losing sight of that. And then you've got Eric Gordon making about 15 million, but they've got Ryan Anderson on the book for a lot, a lot of money. So does Jordan jump over and. Uh go to the other side of St. stays in uh, L.A. and plays on the Lakers with LeBron? It's entirely possible. That is a move that, you know, perhaps is coming. And and as much as we're looking at LeBron James. The Wizards James, need a center. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> and as we as we do this show, as we do this show, we're, we're, we're wondering what's going to happen with LeBron. And by the time you hear this, it may the decision may have been made. There's an awful lot of other guys out there that have to opt in or out as well. Not the least of which is DeAndre Jordan. He has to decide whether he's going to stay there and opt in in L.A. And Paul George has not decided whether he's going to opt in or not in OKC. And I think Jordan, I think this is just a little hint of what Jordan's going to do, DeAndre. I think he's opting out. And the Clippers were proactive. I would say that that is entirely likely. Now, the other thing, when we say they're going to opt out, the other alternative would be that they're going to opt in, but they're doing that with the understanding they're being traded somewhere. It depends on the situation. Yeah. With LeBron, I think if LeBron opts out, it means that he's got a deal in place with either Philly or L.A., those are really, truly the only two teams that are going to be able to bring him in without shedding cap space somewhere. you got Philly with J.J. Redick and his $22 million coming off the books in L.A. who doesn't have anybody under contract. 
So it's going to be interesting to see. But Ryan Anderson, $20.4 million next year. You've been listening to From the Cheap Seats. We appreciate you. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me, you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I gotta say about that. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Robert, do you know who Jeff Austin is? No. He's a superhero. What superpower does he possess? I just found out Jeff Austin appears to be to have been the guy that got Ryan Anderson his four-year, eighty million dollar contract from the Rockets. That was that year where the uh, the cap took a big jump, and they were just throwing money out the window. Two thousand sixteen, who were even close to value it is in what they were getting paid. Unbelievable to see some of these contracts out there. And I've, I've been getting different people sending me different stuff because we talked about the NBA trade machine and or the ESPN trade machine and, and things like that. And people are sending me these things. And the, the machinations they're having to go to try to shed salary for some of these teams, man. Georgie Ding making $15 million a year. Ryan Anderson making $20 million a well, year. It's on. Bah, leave it. Luol Ding. Now, to First be all, fair, though. Did you know he was still in the league? Yeah. <laughs> I but did. only because every time somebody that knows what they're talking about says, well, if they can, Lakers can get somebody to take Ding's contract. The crazy thing with that is, is Ding was good. Yes. And then not. And he got paid and was like, I'm straight, y'all. Right. And doesn't even play. He's like so what they're artist. looking at now, what they're looking at now out in LA with Ding is to defer his contract. Right. And that's becoming the new thing with some of these teams. When even the player has to admit, yeah, y'all probably just decide me that. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I got they're you. what they're trying to work with these guys is to spread it out and say, all right, well, we owe you twenty million. But instead of giving it to you next year, let, let's break this out and we'll give you thirty over the next five years. Right. And some of these guys, when they look across the landscape, they're like, you know what? Ain't nobody finna sign me to anything. Right. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. And honestly, from a financial standpoint, that's a great way to do it. So now you ease out of the league. You've got money coming in past your playing years. And you're setting yourself up for financial success. So I... Especially we, if you we, do we it call it the period. Bobby Bonilla plan. It's the Bobby Bonilla baby. <laughs> that's what we. That's what we call that. I would do that with my rookie. Is he contract. still getting the check? Yes. Still get- for like for th- three or four I, more years. You sure. I think. I it's, think it's over now. I think it's finally over. I don't know. I we'll we'll check still, it. We'll dig in. I'm going to look up. <laughs> I've looked it up Bonilla like three man. times on this show. Now there has been a thing with, and this is serious, is that Cleveland. There had been speculation that they might give. LeBron James a partial owner stake, uh, ownership stake in the Cavalier franchise, and the NBA has come back and squashed that and said, right. no, 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 you're not going to do that. But I do wonder if Philly, for instance, this, and this is just how my mind works, but I wonder what the NBA's reaction would be if Philly 
who currently is without a general manager, hired LeBron James for $35 million a year to be their general manager and signed him to play for $700,000 a year. Can you do that? I don't think you can. Okay. But I'd love to see oh, him try oh, just to no. see Adam Adam Silver's head you bring black You bring back the player coach. Right. You've had player coaches before. Why yeah. not a player GM? Yeah. So you'd make him assistant coach, highly paid. Right. There you go. These teams aren't creative enough. They need a financial genius like you, Rob, <laughs> to hook this up for them. I mean, I want you guys to marinate on that for a minute. Right. LeBron James, Philly doesn't have a general manager. And the thought process is, well, if they're going to make a run at – well, he, let me ask you this question. Y'all know. LeBron James is a free agent. Philly doesn't have a GM. You know that if LeBron comes down, to the conversation is going to begin and end with, who y'all bringing in to run this joint? Yeah. LeBron is going to want to have some say-so because that's the type A-type dude that he is. Who is that ex-GM from Cleveland they just fired? Whoever, LeBron's boy, the GM. I don't know what his name. Sorry to interrupt. No, I got, I got you. That's who he'd, he'd probably request well, that guy. But my thing is, yeah. why not bring that dude in under the title of assistant general manager, Right. hire LeBron James as, as your general GM. manager, I think you're, you're going to go. Something. I think you're on to something. You got to think outside the box. That's right. So too many of these people, they don't even know what box they're in. Michael Jordan never did that. Michael Jordan was a player coach, though. Yeah, but he was never GM. Well, and well, now we played. see why with <laughs> what he's done as an owner in Charlotte. Because I love Michael Jordan. I say he is the greatest player of all time. His run as an owner in Charlotte has been an abject failure, and it was compounded on draft night when the Hornets missed not once – when they shook Che Gelgis Alexander, but twice when they traded that pick away and then took Miles Bridges. Well, Michael maybe. Porter Jr. was on the board. They needed to and see uh, being in their position, they should have taken that gamble. Of course. They needed a diamond in the rough at and then back help if his back holds up, you got a star. For the next four years. At one, you do not gamble with a player who has health history like that. At two, three, four, five, you probably think about it twice. At 11, you make that pick. Especially with the fortunes. We've been just good enough to eke into the playoffs or miss it by one spot. And it's affected our draft picks. And You should have taken that gamble. The amazing part of this is when interviewed, Mitch Kupchak said the reason they didn't take Michael Porter Jr. is because they didn't get a chance to see his second workout because it was canceled because of medical. And he was concerned about having to take a player who he hadn't got to see enough of. They trade that pick to the Clippers and then essentially select Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges did not work out for the Clippers or for the Hornets. They never saw him work out. And you're talking about a guy, Miles Bridges is a nice ball player in college. Miles Bridges does not have enough offense to play in the NBA. And that's what we've drafted for the last 10 years. Yes. Not good enough to help us get over the hump. Bridges' ceiling is to to be a 3 and D. Right. 3 and D, you want a 3 and D guy? Go sign Trevor Ariza. 
I mean, there's a bunch of them out there. They're role players. You don't draft a role player when you have a shot at taking a guy that could legitimately be a franchise player and has slid to 11. So instead, he slips to 14. And I want you to think about something now. Denver gets Porter Jr. at 14. Porter may not play this year. Who knows? They may have to stash him like Ben Simmons did for the Sixers. I don't care. You got Nikola Jokic out there who is the best player in the NBA that you've never seen. If you don't believe me, go out of your way to watch a Denver Nuggets game. Jokic is the real deal in the post there. You have Jamal Murray, who is one of the best young scoring point guards in the NBA, and Paul Millsap didn't even play last year. That Denver team is nice. This is the Denver team that got down to the very last night had to go to overtime to be eliminated from the playoffs, and you put potentially the very best player in the draft on this team. And you know, we've talked about this guy for a year. I'm not a big Michael Porter Jr. fan, but there is a reason he was the number one player in in college or in high school coming out. You don't pass on that kind of potential. This may end up being worse than passing on Anthony Davis to take Michael K. Giltrist. And I don't think that anything – I never would have thought I could say that anything could be worse than that. Think of the buzz that would be going on in Charlotte right now. When's the last time Charlotte had any buzz? And the little buzz that they do have, I promise – will be gone by the end of July. Well, here's the buzz right right now. There is no chance Kimba Walker is in Kimba as a summer X factor, how Kimba Walker could shake up NBA free agency. Well, here's here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's my prediction, fearless prediction. I've already told you that I don't think Kawhi Leonard is going to either of the L.A. teams. I'm going to take that one step further and say Kawhi is coming east. And I think the team that's going to get Kawhi is the Philadelphia 76ers. The problem is they don't have anything of value to send back to the Spurs. So I think you're going to see a three-team deal. I think Kawhi Leonard goes from San Antonio to Philly. Kimba Walker goes from Charlotte to San Antonio. And what Charlotte gets out of this is last year's number one overall pick, Markel Fultz. Philly has already started putting out on blast that Fultz was Brian Colangelo's pick. Colangelo's been run out of town. He really doesn't have any place to play on this team with the way Simmons has come around. Right. You know, they kind of took him as a possible plan B. Maybe we can play him at the two guard, but maybe he'll be there if Simmons doesn't recover. Then Simmons comes out and right or wrong, wins rookie of the year. Where's Fultz going to play? D Lee. If he doesn't get that jump shot fixed, he might be D-League. I got a team in Raleigh. I'm looking for a guy. What's the name of the team again? I keep forgetting. Firebirds. The Firebirds. I see. I keep wanting to say Fire Ants because that's the Fayetteville uh, hockey team in it. Yes. Um, No, but that's what I see happening. And there will be picks involved, and there may be some expiring money come out. Charlotte sort of already seems to be in bed with two years from now. They picked up Mozgov's deal, and I'm trying to figure out how in the blue hell – they, uh, uh, New Jersey gets Dwight Howard, and five minutes later, there's reports they're negotiating a buyout. New, or- Why didn't New we Jersey can figure out? that out. Or Brooklyn, I keep New Jersey. The New Jersey Nets, I refuse to call them Brooklyn today. Brooklyn can get that done in five minutes. Charlotte, what the hell's going on in your front office? Nobody ever thought that was an option? Hey, man, $23 million, dude. How about if we just you know pay you 10 and you walk? Right. 
It's amazing to me. But instead, and even then, Charlotte ain't thinking to do anything. What are you? They gonna run out and sign Paul George? They gonna sign LeBron? They don't. They don't have anything to do with these free agent dollars. They're short. They're 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 saving here with this move. So instead of paying Dwight Howard twenty three million this year, they're like Timothy Mozgov. Come on over, dog. We'll pay you sixteen and a half for the next two years. Come on, man. Jordan Cupcheck, you guys suck. Well, you know Cupcheck loves Mozgov. Whatever. Apparently. This is saying that uh, if LeBron stays in Cleveland, they trade Sexton and Clarkson for Kemba. It's a possibility. And Cleveland has said on and on and on, we're not trading Sexton, we're not trading Sexton. I'm going to tell you what, if Charlotte can get Sexton straight up for Kemba Walker, they need to consider it. If they can get a player of the stature of Jordan Clarkson, they should make that deal tomorrow. One, it gives them a young point guard to take Kemba's spot also gives you four or five years' worth of control. Jordan Clarkson is a nice throw-in in there. The problem I have with that is what's probably going to happen in all actuality is it's going to look more something more like Colin Sexton and Tristan Thompson. Because I think if Cleveland gives up that number eight pick, the Colin Sexton pick, I think they're going to make somebody eat contract to take it. We'll see. Been fun hanging out with you guys. This is From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. Love you guys. We'll see you soon. No show, 4th of July. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.